Hello and welcome to another edition of Daf Shui, Weekly Daf. Give me 45 minutes or so and I'll give you a Daf or so. So, uh, tomorrow is Juneteenth, or Saturday is Juneteenth. And this week the Senate and then the House passed a resolution to make Juneteenth into a federal holiday. So on Wednesday afternoon, as I am almost every week, I was at the Black Lives Matter demonstration to end police associations. Those things that police like to call unions, but they, you know, operate like criminal organizations protecting their members from various crimes that they commit, including and up to murder. So Black Lives Matter is trying to kick police associations out of the Federation of Labor, as they say, out of the House of Labor, so that they no longer have those protections, which are because of the strength of police unions across the country, have been uh, negotiated or, as in California, inscribed into law in the state constitution. In any event, at the weekly demonstration to end police associations, we often hear from families of victims of police shootings, families who are waiting to find out what happened to their loved ones or are waiting to see if anybody is going to take any responsibility for the killing of their loved ones, including the daughter of the head of the Los Angeles Police Protective League, whose shooting of an unarmed person was declared out of regulation, but still nothing's happened to her. At these demonstrations, in addition to the families talking, um, Lena Abdallah, who is the lead organizer for Black Lives Matter in Los Angeles, BLMLA, Professor Melina Abdallah was talking about Juneteenth and saying, and as she said, miss me with the celebrations until you're getting reparations. So all of those, especially white folks, should not be appropriating Juneteenth as a holiday, rather should be working for the actual liberation of black people, whether it's passing Things like the Kenneth Ross Jr. Bill here in California, which decertifies police so that they can't commit crimes and get fired in one police district and then go to another municipality and get hired again because they lose their certification to be police. Or um, the Voting Rights Act or you know, the John Lewis Act or the For the People Act or the Breathe Act. All these things which will bring actual liberation to black people as opposed to just declaring Juneteenth a federal holiday. So there you have it, Juneteenth. We should all, especially white folks, white Jews, be working for the liberation of black people rather than trying to be invited to the parties. All right, so we are on Samach Chet Amar 68A. We are about three lines down. Last word on the line, how Damar Leila Chavrei. Three lines down on 68A in the layout that was first published and popularized by the widow and the brothers Ram in Vilna Lothi's 150 years ago. Hahu Damale, and we're continuing, we're finishing up a conversation to get up to the next mission. Hahu Damale, one who says to their fellow, I am selling you the olive press and all of its of Yisraim, all of its appurtenances, right? all the things that are, are necessary to it. So this is what somebody said to their fellow. There was a store, a place outside, which they used to lay out and dry sesame seeds. 
So they came to Rabbi Yosef to ask him, "Does that is that included in the Tashmishim? Is that included in the assorted pertinences that are connected to the Olive Press?" Amar Lai Rabbi Yosef said, Tanina, we have learned in a Mishnah, or we have learned in a Brita, actually. We saw last week that Tanina and Tzni Rabbi Chia, as we're going to have the next line, is um, saying that there is a different Tanitic tradition. Tanina, imamar beta merchatz v'chol tashmishav v'nimachar l'chare kolon mechurin. So he said, well, we learned because that it says, if I'm telling you that I'm selling you the bathhouse and all of its appurtenances, all the stuff that's related to the bathhouse, then they are all sold. Amr le'abaya, but Abaya said back to Rabbi Yosef, his teacher, v'chat tzni Rabbi Chia, ein kulan mechurin, but did not Rabbi Chia in his tradition of the bright to say they are not all sold. El Ravashi Chazinan I Tashmishav. So Rabbi Chia says, well, we see. If he says the olive press and all of its stuff, all of its related appurtenances, Ve'ilein Matsar Naha, and these things are right smack up against it. Kani, Vilala Kani. But if they're not right up to it, if they're not bound, if it's not bounded to it on its boundary, then they're not bought. Okay, so that's ending the last conversation. That conversation, again, about one who sells a bathhouse and or a, an olive press and what is included in the statement, I am selling you the olive press or I'm selling the olive press and all of its things. That's the technical term for Tashmishav now. Okay, going on to the next Mishnah. And this is an interesting one. Hamocher et ha'ir, one who sells. Now, literally, ha'ir means the city, but it probably means it means in in, in rabbinic Hebrew the estate. A city is more of a krach. We know that, for example, in the beginning of the first Mishnah in Megillah, when you talk about when you go into the krach to read the Megillah. So hamocher et ha'ir, one who sells an estate, but estate has many houses and people. You know, it's kind of like buying your own island. Machar batim borot shichin umearot. So one who sells the ear, the 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 large estate, sold the houses, uh, the cisterns, the ditches, and the caves. Various things, of course, that that hold water. Merchetzaot v'shovachot beitabadin ubeitashlachin. Also, they sold the bathhouses, the dovecotes, the olive presses, and the. Uh, fields that are watered by aqueducts, right? But not movable objects. Anything that's not an integral part of the city is not sold. But if in the sale, the seller said it and all that is in it, even if there were both either animals or slaves, they are all sold. And we'll talk a little bit more about slaves in a minute, enslaved people. They are all sold. Gamliel says, one who sells the estate, large estate, sold the santar. And a santar, the Gemara is going to go into a long discussion about what a santar is. Lieberman translates a santar as a saltarius, or a saltuarius, which is an estate manager or a guard. Uh, Rome, there's a lot that's been written about Roman estates. The elites had estates in various places and then had to have managers to guard them, to know about them, to map them out. And those managers could have been 
slaves, so therefore they were sold to them, or they were in some type of position, uh, and they were sold with the estate, or they were managers that were sold with the estate, so they were the ones perhaps who, who either knew the boundaries between the various different properties on the estate, or who guarded the estate, it's it's not clear. And there were large estates both in the Roman East and in Sasanian Persia. So as we move from the Mishnah to the Gemara, the realia actually doesn't change that much. Okay, so we're going to go to the Gemara. Amalei Rav Acha Braid Rav Avia, the Rav Ashi. So Rav Acha Braid Rav Avia said to Rav Ashi, Shamat Mina Avda Dami. So it seems from this Mishnah that enslaved people are like movable objects, right? Because if you just say, I'm selling you the, the city, so then the metatl and the, the movable objects are not sold. And afterwards it says, but in order to for the slaves to be sold, it has to say the city and everything that is in it. Because if you would, if they are like land, then they should have been sold together with the city or the land. Right? There's a girsa mata, which is city or estate, and there's another version that's a variant that says ara land. So, and since they're not sold together with land, so therefore they must be like movable objects. Velamai abda kimetatladami. So, what are you going to say that slaves and slave people are like movable objects? My afilu, if that's the case, so why does it have to say afilu, right? In all the other Mishnayot, when it says, or for example, in our last Mishnah, it said, they're all sold, some language like that. So then it just says, then everything is sold. But here it says, afilu hayu even if there were. So it seems that that's some kind of an extra thing. So it's not simple. Mitatla, uh, not simple movable objects. Why does it say my afilu? Why did it have to say afilu? Elamai, rather, what are we talking about? It shani So the difference is that you have to, you can say that there is a difference between movable objects and movable objects that don't move on their own, right? Self moving objects like enslaved people. And even if you're going to say that enslaved people are like land, there's a distinction that has to be made between land that moves itself and land that doesn't move itself. So land meaning like enslaved people are property that moves itself um, versus property that doesn't move itself. So slavery in late antiquity... As in the Roman Empire, so too in Sasanian Persia, both were slave societies. Probably slavery started from war. It was obviously basically an economic thing, right? The slaves were there, it was a cheap form of labor, it kept everything going. So, however, and this is both in the Roman, in Roman law and Roman culture and in Sasanian culture. And the elite had lots of slaves that ran everything from slaves that were, you know, field hands to slaves that were managers and ran property and stuff like that. So this is from the Iranica Online Encyclopedia, although in these cases, slave is described as a thing, right? So in most cases, slave is an object like we have here. It's like metatoli or it's like karka. The legal rights of the slave owner respect to the treatment of this thing were restricted, which placed the slave on a somewhat different level from other objects or animal in the lawful ownership of his master. Sasanian law prescribed a penalty for cruel treatment and mutilation of slaves, 
and incidentally women who are dealt with as subordinate persons with only very limited legal rights, thus protecting them to a certain extent from arbitrary acts on the part of the owners. It was also forbidden to sell a Zoroastrian slave whose right to practice his religion was insured by law to an infidel. In this case, both parties involved in the transaction, the slave owner and the purchaser, were treated as thieves and received the punishment prescribed for theft. A slave, on the other hand, who converted to Zoroastrianism could leave his infidel owner and become a subject of the king of kings, that is, a free citizen, after having compensated his previous master. An important passage in the Erbadishtan, which is one of the uh, law codes, indicates that even a loan was granted, probably by a religious institution, to the slave for this purpose. Now, a lot of what's interesting is that a lot of this stuff is is the same thing in rabbinic in rabbinic law, some of it in Mishnaic law, so it didn't change that much. It's not that it was necessarily influenced by Sasanian law, but the, there is a limit. A slave goes out, as they say, b'shein v'ayin, if a, if a master breaks a tooth or any sort of limb, puts out an eye, the slave goes out, the slave is, is set free. If a slave, there's also things about religion, which are a little different, the slave has to become Jewish after by within a year or else is set free. But there's also an interesting Sugin Tubot, which talks about the fact that a slave that doesn't want to leave the land of Israel can force the master to set them free. That's different than converting to Zoroastrianism and leaving his infidel master. Now, what is the same, though, is interesting, is that the word slave, just as in Hebrew, is used to mean both human slave, but also a slave to the king or a slave to God. There's a famous midrash that says, you know, what is cherut, cherut al-luchot, what is freedom? It means that which is inscribed on the commandments, meaning that Israel, the Israelites have gone from being eved pharaoh slaves to Pharaoh, to avadaihem, to my slaves, my servants, meaning God's Servants. So that's that's also similar in the language. And the encyclopedia goes on to say the most commonly used expressions designating slaves in the Middle Persian sources are ansharig, literally foreigner, and bandag, literally bound. The latter term does not exclusively designate the slave in the sense of unfree person having no or only limited legal and civil rights, but it is used of every subject of the sovereign regardless of his social rank and standing as in the phrase shahan shah bandag subject of the king of kings, right? So that's just like Eved HaMelech or, or Eved Hashem, right? The, the, the subject of God or the subject of the king. So just pointing this out, going down the, this, went down this rabbit hole a bit this week, just to kind of clarify my mind that the whole, you know, slavery was, was a widespread phenomenon in both the Roman Empire and Sasanian Persia. It was kind of the backbone of the economy, and that is reflected in these conversations in which blithely they talk about whether or not enslaved people are like land or like movable objects. And part of that also is because they recognize that, you know, enslaved people are people to some extent, meaning they have certain rights before the law. Their master can grant them rights to own some things. They can sue or be sued in certain areas in in Sasanian law. So there you go. And that's our PSA about slavery in Sasanian Persia. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Hamocher etair, machar etasanter. Oh, one more thing is that it seems, I was reading this interesting book, so it seems that the Stoics and 
in their wake, some early Christians and some early Jews were against slavery. They thought that slavery was evil, though they didn't argue to abandon, they didn't argue to, to outlaw slavery, but they did argue against owning people. So there was a recognition. It wasn't as if it was the slave culture was completely oblivious to the fact that enslaving humans was an awful thing. There were people who were able to see that it was an awful thing and that you shouldn't do it, though they didn't make any effort to stop other people from doing it. Take that for what it's worth. Okay, we continue. Next line in the Mishnah. Last line in the Mishnah. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, HaMocherat Ha'ir Macharat Ha'Santer. Right, last line in the Mishnah. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel says if one sells the city, then one sells the Santer, the, the guards person. But we're now the Gemara is going to talk about my Santer. What is a Santer? Hacha Targimu Bar Machlanita. Here, meaning in Bavel, in Persia, they uh, translate the one who sees, right, from Chave. So apparently the one who sees or the watchman, the one who guards. So the, either the one who knows the boundaries of what some of the Shalom says, the one who knows the boundaries between the, the fields or the one who is a watchman. Shimon ben Avtomus Omer Bagi. Shimon ben Avtomus, who, seems, who, is, who is probably a Palestinian Tana, says that it actually refers to Bagi, to, which is type of land, um, irrigated land, like Shalchin, and we're going to find out that that's a problem. So the one who says that it refers to a watch person, this kind of functionary, either a watch person or a person who knows where the boundaries of the fields are. So all the more so, Baki, all the more so these types of fields. And the one who says that it refers to Baki, these types of fields, those are sold, but but the the functionary is not sold because you're moving there from fields to something else, which is which is you which is a human being. Tnan, however, the Mishnah says beta badim u beta shalchin. Right? We had, it says in our Mishnah that when you sold the city, you also sell both the olive press and the fields that are watered by aqueducts. So my shalchin. So. Now, the question is, what are shalchin? What are these, you know, what is this, these kind of fields that are watered by, by agriculture? Bagi. So they are these type of fields at the end, uh, the fields that are, that are, that are at the end, that are far away, right? Because it says, and they send water on to the outskirts, Right. And this is in a, this is a, a verse from Eov. Talking about God, the one who sends who places dew on the land, and who sends water all over. There, it probably means all over the terrestrium, all over the, the earth. But here, also means the external, the outer reaches. So the one who sends water to the outer reaches, so that must be that shalchin are bagi, are these out these fields in the outer reaches. So okay, according to the one who says that Santar is this functionary, Amar Tanakama Bagi Mizdabni Bar Machvanita Lamizdabi. So the Tanakama, the first 
voice in the Mishnah who says that one sells a city, one sells the Beta Shalchin. So he's referring to the fact that one sells Bagi, meaning that one sells these outer fields, Bar Machvanita Lamazabin, and doesn't sell the the functionary, the watch person. comes to add on a Bar Machvanita No, you also sell the, the watch person or the, this, this civil servant. But if you're going to say that Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, when he says Santer, he's referring to these fields on the outskirts. So Tanakam already said it. So what is, what is Rabbi Shimon Gamliel adding to the conversation? If this was already said by the first opinion, what is uh, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel adding to the conversation? Mi savrit mai shalchin bagi. So are we going to say that Shalchin actually refers to these external fields. La, my Shalchin ginonita, ginonita. Says no. What are what does Shalchin mean? It means gardens. Shnemar shlachayach pardes rimonim because there's a verse in Shira Shirim which says that you're shlachayach. So here they're understanding or explaining it to me. Shlachayach. Those things that are watered are pomegranate orchards. So meaning gardens. Avobagi labiz dabni, but the outer fields are not sold. So therefore, Bishim Gamliel's function in this argument is to say, no, you know what? The outer fields are also sold. Have you ever come home from a long day of hectoring people on their way to the temple and thought to yourself, where do I go from here? I tell people that God doesn't want their sacrifices. I tell people that Assyria is going to crush their dreams and drag them off into slavery. But am I making a difference? Am I being heard? Do you ever look enviously at the big guys who made it into the book, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and think, what do they have that I don't? Well, sure, they write better than me. Their righteous rage is also touched by a sublime poetry. But what about Zechariah? Nobody understands what he's saying, and there he is, one of the twelve. What's that all about? Well, we're here to tell you that it's not your fault. Baboy Ben Pakui, Prophet's Representation, will get you where you know that God wants you to be. We are a Prophets-only, Canon Inclusion, Representation Agency. Make sure your righteous rage gets the audience it deserves with BBPR. And only for listeners of this podcast, if you contact us now, you'll get a free consultation. Call us at 1-800-PROFITS-REP. That's 1-800-PROFITS-REP. Tell him Daf Shrui sent you. Igada Amri Savrua Maishalchin Ginuniata. So Igadar, so now we're changing tunes. So there's a lot here which is formalistic, but is has to do with flipping back and forth because apparently it was very unstable what these terms meant. So now we have another Ikadamri, and later on we'll have an Ipuch, which is flipping over the whole so you, a vice versa. But so Igadamri, so there are those who say Savrua Maishalchin Ginuniata. What are shalchin? They are gardens. Bishlama, so if you're going to say that, Bishlama, so okay. Lamandam are bagi, the one who says that they are, that the centaur is bagi. Amar Tanakama Ginuniata Mizdabin Bagi Lamizdabni. So then the first opinion holds that they sell garden, the garden, the gardens are sold when you sell a city or you sell the estate, but the bagi, the, the outer fields are not sold. And Rabbi Shimon Gamliel comes along to say that even the outer fields are sold. Ella. But so now you have, so now what do we do according to the one who says that Rabbi Shimon Gamliel holds that centaur 
then Santar means this this watch person. So the first guy says gardens, and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel comes back to him and says, "No, a functionary." Me, so that's so Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is adding to the conversation a functionary. And later on, we're going to ask, "How are you moving between things that are attached to the land and this type of a person?" Okay, me sovereign, my ginuniata. So, do you actually and me sovereign again? This is a a logical statement. So in other words, we're saying we're not clear about what, what the source of these things are. How do you know? What do you say? Are you saying that that shalchin actually means ginuniyata? La. No. My shalchin bagi. No, what you're saying is my, what, are, what are shalchin? They are these outer fields. Like we said before, he sends the water, another verse from Job, he sends water out to uh, the outer extremes. Right again, it could be on the whole land, but here we're, we're reading chutzot as um, uh, on the outer extremes, the, the, the outer fields. Amar avam But the watchman is not sold. Then comes along to say that the watchman is sold. So there are two possibilities about if Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says that Santar is a is a watchman. So then we have to the first opinion of the Mishnah has to say either it's a is these agricultural fields shalchini uh, or it is is bagi it is the outer extremes or it is. Ginuniata, or it is gardens, but if Santer is one of those three, then the Tanakama can't hold one of those three because then Rishon uh, Gamliel is not adding anything to the conversation. Tashma. So we're going to bring another text here, a text from the Tosefta, to try to figure out what's going on in our Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Santer eno machur ankomos machur. So Rabbi Yehuda says that the Santer whatever it is, is not sold, but the Ankumus is sold. So now the Ankumus and the Santar, Santar, right, is salutarius. The Ankumus, the Ankumus, uh, Sholimman claims is from, and it makes sense, from Oikonomus, which, as he says, is very close to what a Santar, salutarius is, but different. Right, and so oikos is comes from, oikos is house in Greek. Economics comes from that word, oikonomos. And so it's probably somebody that has to do with the economy of the estate, as opposed to the 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 salutarius, which has to do with managing or knowing the borders, or whatever that actually is. And yes, it's 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 confusing. My love, midankalmos gavra santernami gavra. So here we know is it would it not be that since we know that the ankomus, right, the oikonomus is a person, so the Santar is also, should be a person. So therefore, it should not, it can't be like Bagi, right? It can't be field. Mide area, hakadita, hakadita. Why? Could be that there are two different things. They're saying that the, the Tosepta there is just saying, according to Rabbi Huda, that you don't sell a Santar, which is not a person, but you do sell the Ankolmus, which is a person. Now, we're going to see that Tosefta actually has the opposite about the Santar is not sold and the Ankomos is sold. The Santar is sold, the Ankomos is not sold, and that we have 
that in the next part of the Gemara. Umi matzit amrit hachi, and how could you say this? Right? How can you say that one is a person, one is not a person? Haktani sefer, but doesn't that say in the continuation of that brayta, which is we have in our Tosefta on this parak? Avalo shirei, velo benotei, velo choshin amuktzinla, velo bivrin shel chayav, shel ofot, shel dagim. But not it's shirei and shirei. You're going to explain, but it means shirei are like pieces. Of fields, not whole fields. Pieces of fields. Lo benota, benota, daughters. Literally, but means like uh, uh, suburbs. In modern Hebrew, it's suburbs, but it's like fields which are not attached to the main field. Lo choreshin hamuktsin la, nor choresh is like a a, a a stand of trees which are not set aside for this field, but are near the field. Lo bivrin and not the places where animals stay or, 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 or are raised, or birds or fish, right? Fish are not, you know, like, like a pond, and birds are like dovecotes or things like that. But I'm reading my shire, and we say, what are, what are shire? Beasle. Um, they are uh, beasle. And it's not clear, actually, so Lieberman says... Literally, it's not clear to me what exactly they meant with the word Bizray. And he says maybe it's a shortened form of Avizrayu Shel Ir. And Avizrayu, Avizarim are like Tashmishim. In other words, like the things that go together with the city, like uh, the Parvar and the Benot and the Chatzer, like the, the, like the, the um, suburbs and the fields that are close to it. But it's not clear. My bizli, Amar Amar Abaye, Amar of Abba, Piske Bagi. So what are bizle? The Gemara uh, quotes Rav Abba, who says that they are pieces of external fields. Piske Bagi, So if that's true, then it is these little pieces of the way out fields are not sold, but the fields themselves are sold. So Ipuch, the Gemara says, we have this whole conversation in an exact opposite form. And Avram Weiss says that this whole notion of an opposite form, Ipuch, probably means that they had two different traditions. It's not some kind of a different Gerson, a different variant, but there were two different versions of the same conversation that came down, right, at some point. And we'll see that here, Rabbi Yehuda's statement was known in two opposite versions. Here, Yehuda says that the Santer was sold, and the Ankomos is not sold. So how can you say that Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel? Right? Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says they sold the Santer. So how can you say that Rabbi Yehuda says like Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, which is what you would say according to this version of Rabbi Yehuda's statement? We know the Rabbi Yehuda holds like the rabbis. Now, there's like the first opinion in the Mishnah, because this, he doesn't sell their, the, the uh, suburbs or the, 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 the parts of it, uh, of the field, and doesn't sell the outlying field. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, one who sells the city sells the outlying the the kind of suburbs of the field, the outlying field. Titania, how do we know that? Because there is a bright One who sells the city does not sell its 
daughters. It's it's an uh, outlying field. Mishimun Gamliel, one who sells, the, and he, uh, every time I say city, because that's what it literally means, uh, or I mean a state, not sell the outlying field. Mishimun Gamliel, Omer, Mishimun Gamliel says, And we see there, Mishimun Gamliel says, the one who sells the estate does sell the outlying field. And therefore, obviously, Mishimun Gamliel doesn't hold like sages. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda does hold like sages. How can Rabbi Yehuda also hold like Mishimun Gamliel? So the Stam divides the bread in half, halves the baby, as it were. Rabbi Yehuda, it's okay, Rabbi Yehuda agrees with Rabbi Gamliel on one thing, on the Santer, and he argues with Rabbi Gamliel on the other thing about the outlying fields, the Banot. The banot. Okay, and we're moving on. And so now we're going to comment on this line, which is in the Brita, in the Tosefta, not in our Mishnah. Urmini, but we have a problem. Urminu, Rame literally means throne. We have a contradiction. Hayula banot enim karotima. We have another text which says that if it has, if if the the ear had daughter fields, in other words, uh, suburbs or uh, disconnected fields, they're not sold together. If there was one part of the fields which were in the sea and the other part of the estate which was in the sea and the other part was on on dry land. And uh, uh, grazing places for, or, or places to raise animals and birds and fish, these are sold with them. So that seems to say that here, the banot, the uh, separate fields, like the suburbs of the field, as it were, are not sold to them. So how could you say that they are? And it says also that the bivarim are sold with him. The uh, places to raise animals are sold. And in the, the brighter that we just saw, it says that they aren't. So what's the problem? La kasha hanedinegiach Because here, the entrance to it is inside, meaning in facing toward the main field, and here the entrance is to the outside. And this kind of is like the Chanayot we had in the previous Mishnah, that when the Chanayot are facing, the stores are facing out to the Shutrabim, they're not sold with the Chatser, with the courtyard, and when they're facing into the courtyard, they are sold with the Chatser. But don't we already have this, the where it says that the Choshin, the, the stands of trees that are set up for it. Ema muktsin heimena. So actually say that doesn't mean muktsin la, but because the question, why aren't they sold, right? We said before in the Tosefta that these stands of trees are not sold. So, but it says they are, they are muktsin la, which we understood to mean they are set aside for it. Ema muktsin heimena. Actually, let's say that that doesn't mean that they are specified for it, but specified away from it. They are specified away from the field, and that's why they are not sold. Okay, next Mishnah is kind of a teaser because the daf ends right at the end of the Mishnah. We don't get to the next the next uh, sugya, which we'll have to wait till next week. So the Mishnah Hamocher Tasadeh again. What happens when you sell a field? Machar, what is included in the sale of a field? Machar Avanim Shem Shem when one sells a field, one also sells the stones in the field that are necessary for the field. And this is either means they're necessary because they they are uh, 
places that you that they hold down bales of 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 grain, or that they hold up um, fruits that they don't so that the the branches can can flourish. And the kanim shebekam shem the zerko, and the 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 uh, kind of the staffs that grow in the the vineyard, which are necessary to for the the grapes to grow. And the grain which has not been harvested. And the print edition it says chitzatakanim, but in the manuscript and also in the most of the rishonim it says mechitzatakanim, and that is a place of where where these the bulrushes are grown, uh, which is less than, but it's, it's wild. Like in the end, of the, you have like a, a little piece at the end, where you have these kanim, which are growing there, and they are less than the amount of land that it would take to grow a quarter of a se'ah grain. So it's a small piece. So that's sold with the field. And so, and the a, a kind of a hut which is not made with mortar. Now, here is an interesting thing with Shaina Suyabitit. The Kaufman manuscript, or at least now the Kaufman manuscript has an internal debate whether it's Shaina Suyabitit, which is not made with mortar, or She or Ha Bitit, right? Which and the way that the 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 that happens. Is that there are two scribes? This is really interesting if you're really in the weeds. There were two scribes for the Kaufman manuscript, which is an early Palestinian manuscript. Two scribes, a manuscript of Mishnah, two scribes. One did the lettering and one did the pointing. Now, sometimes the guy who did the pointing, put in the dots, didn't like the Girsa, the version that the guy who did the lettering did. So he crosses out some letters, or sometimes he'll add a letter in. So here, the Nakdan, the guy who puts in the dots, didn't like Shein Asuyabitit, so he crossed out the first four letters, Shin Aleph Yud Nun, and he pointed the Hey Ayin Samach Vav Yud so that it is Ha Asuyabitit. And that happens to be also the Girsa, that, and that means that rather than a hut which was not made with mortar, but rather a hut which was made with mortar, and that is also the girsa of Rabbeinu Hananel and the Rambam and the Rif, right? That they say that it's covered with mortar, even if it's not totally like a regular house, but still it's covered enough that it's attached to the field, then it is sold with the field. On the other hand, the Rashbam on the daf, placed on the daf by the widow and the brothers Ram, has the girsa like our printed edition, which is not made with mortar. And that is that if the booth is obviously temporary, it is sold with the field as it is not an independent building. And that's kind of, we'll get to that. That's kind of the distinction in all these things is whether the thing, a thing, when you sell a field, if something on the field is attached to the field, it's sold with the field. But if it has, if it seems to be independent, then it is not sold with the field. And so there is a debate there whether or not this type of a booth is an independent object which is not sold with the field or a dependent object which is sold with the field. And the carob which has not been grafted. And a virgin sycamore 
the virgin sycamore and the sadana shikma, which is a, a grown sycamore. So, Betulata Shikma is translated by Danby as young sycamore. However, the phrase literally means virgin sycamore. And this is a botanical convention which, as Tal Ilan points out, is found in Tanakh literature to differentiate between an uncut sycamore. There's a sycamore whose branches have not been cut away so that the trunk will grow and be more valuable for timber. Tal Ilan calls out attention to Tosefta Shvit, which comments that there are three sorts of virgins a human virgin, an earth virgin, Betulat Adama, and a tree virgin, Betulat Ilan. It goes on to say that a tree virgin is one who has never been cut. The use of virgin, Betula, with relation to the tree, indicates that in the symbolic world of the Tanaim, cutting the tree for timber or to graft it is conceived as similar to engaging in sexual relations with a woman for the first time. And Talilan's bottom line in this is, quote, the symbolism in this Braita, that's the Braita in Tosefta Shvit, which is also has Betulat uh, Helan, the symbolism in this Braita underscores man's reign in all these fields. He deflowers women, cuts furrows in the field, and grafts the trees. All these he does for his own benefit. So that's Betulat Hashikma. Aval, so that is sold. Aval, Loma because these things are not, these are all things which are not independent of the field, or not right, important enough for the seller to want for himself. And this goes back to the whole discussion about Ayin Yafa and Ayin Ra'a. When you sell, do you sell everything, or do you sell narrowly? Right? And so if you sell everything, what does everything mean? But he doesn't sell the stones that are not needed for the field, nor the canes in the in the in the orchard, which are not needed for the orchard. Nor the harvested wheat. But if person sells the field and at the time of the sale says the field and everything that it's in it, then everything is sold. In either event, what is not sold is the uh, this place of bulrushes, which is larger than a field, which the amount of land that it would take to produce a quarter of a se'ah grain because that is a significant amount, so that he would not sell. Nor the the booth, which is... Now, here again, it goes back and forth. So, according to the one who said that you sell the one that's made with teat, here is you don't sell the one which is not made with teat. The booth, which is not temporary, but is more important. Nor the, the grafted carob. Nor the trunk of, nor a, 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 a grown sycamore, which is a sycamore that already will be important and can be sold for timber. So things that have an independent worth or value or importance, independent of the field, are not sold with the field. Okay, and here we come to the end of our daf. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Arye Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. Thank you so much, as always, to my wonderful producer, Ellie Unger-Sargon. Please 
listen to his podcast, Four Cubits with Jeff Helmike, my amazing Chavruta Shalata Van Robert, and the chief of my comm staff, the large staff, and she is also the large staff, Shachar Cohen Hodas, who is responsible for the beautiful logo for Daf Shui. You can get in touch with me at the widow and the brothers at gmail.com. Please go, if you find it in yourselves, make a comment and a give me a, give a five-star rating to the podcast, and other people will think it is worthwhile. Come back next week. Bring a friend. It's been a pleasure. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Work for Black Liberation. Shabbat Shalom.